Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. So, Michael, um, you know that the, the only console that I own is a Nintendo Switch. Uh, the, I do know the, this. Kind of the, the original generation. Um, keep thinking about maybe doing an upgrade sometime, but like... I, I I don't play that often. I was I was getting into Stadia for a while. We all know what happened to that. So I've I've started using my Switch again. And one of my biggest complaints is like I love I love the idea of the Nintendo Switch Online. I love them bringing back the like the virtual console idea. And rather than having to go like the the old like Wii and DS like eShops where you go and buy individual games and play them uh, in emulation mode, <clears throat> this just whole idea of like here we'll just present you with a library of titles and it grows over time. Loved that, but like honestly, I don't. I don't really love a lot of the Nintendo and Super Nintendo era games. Like there are some like really core favorites, but like I wasn't allowed to play games that much back then. Uh, and so the ones that I did play, I played a lot and I'm not like, man, I just can't wait to play more Mario three. Um, and the rest are fucking hard. Uh, so like so just, hard. That's, so, that's what I feel when I have Nintendo online. They're so hard. They're so hard. Uh, so like, I just, I didn't get into it that much. Um, you know, I played, I, I love Dr. Mario and I've, I've played around with a handful of titles, but like one of my core complaints was like, when are they going to give us like Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, DS, uh, GameCube, when they basically like give us the entire back catalog of what Nintendo has to offer, like really lean into like Switch is our core product now. And we know that you want to play these other games, so we're gonna we're gonna make it available through this subscription service. And of course, recently they're like, we're expanding Nintendo Switch Online. We're giving you N64 and Genesis. I'm like, I hated N64. The controller was garbage, and I never played Genesis, so I don't know the games. And so again, I'm like, I'm not interested in this. And so I didn't bother paying the the higher price subscription for that. Uh, but I just learned recently that they did introduce Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games, uh, which made me really excited. Uh, <clears throat> and from what I could see, like the the catalog is going to be growing significantly over time as the other ones have done. And that makes me really excited because that means that we uh, will get a lot of really fun uh, titles from the the like you know some of the the most interesting portable consoles of like the 90s and 2000s. And hopefully we'll eventually get uh, so get into DS as well because that's where like a lot of my core like fun 
youthful gaming happened in my 20s. Uh, but all that to say, I started playing Metroid Fusion. And love Metroid. That was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I, um, so I didn't, I didn't play a lot of Metroid on the, the earlier systems, but I mean, obviously it's an iconic game and between like that and Castlevania, the, the whole genre known as the Metroidvania, I love that style and you know, I've enjoyed Metroid. If I, uh, if I had gotten my hands on a copy, I know I would have loved Prime on, uh, on the GameCube. I played it on, you know, demo form in the stores all the time and really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh shit. Metroid Fusion, because like, again, there's only like seven games or less available currently for the Game Boy Advance, and you know one of them is Super Mario uh, Advance Four, which is just a port of Mario Three. So again, more Mario Three. And don't get me wrong, I owned that cartridge, and it's great. Like the the graphics are a fun update to the game, and like it makes the gameplay a little bit different, a little bit more fun. Uh, and I will probably go back and play that because it is nostalgic. But like here was a title that I had never played, and it is iconic. And I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna play this, and it's it's fun. It's it's not it's not like excruciatingly hard, but there like is a little bit of challenge right from the start. I'm like, okay, this is cool. So I have that, all that to say that like, I'm, I'm getting back into the switch gaming because of the you know, expansion of the uh, switch online catalog. So rumors are that there is going to be a switch Two announced this year. So if you are thinking of upgrading, just hold out for the, another year. Yeah. And that's the thing is like right now, the options that like I, I could get one of the switch lights, which the only real advantage there is the smaller like portability, which I like, but like my original switch, the battery life is still decent enough. And I don't think that it's unportable in its current size, or I can go with the switch led or OLED or whatever the OLED, OLED switch yeah. uh, and get the bigger one. But like, I don't need it. Mine is still working just fine. So if they come out with a compelling, like true, like like next iteration of the the console, I'll definitely consider upgrading. Uh, but until then, yeah, I'm I'm good with what I got. Like the original Switch runs the games that I have just fine. Uh, you know, my ex has uh, Juniper's mom has the uh, Switch OLED. Mm. It's beautiful, oh, and it's yeah, like the perfect size. It's yeah. like because the screen's big enough where you can really get you know with the Switch Lite. The screen's really small. Like it, it feels very small. It still feels like I'm playing like on on an old DS or something. Like yeah. it's just really tiny. But the Switch OLED is like it's just right. It's just right for a portable device of what I would want. It's like a like an iPad, like a small iPad. Yeah. And it uh, feels good. See, I absolutely loved the DS Lite, the kind of like second generation of the the DS. I thought that was a um no, I mean, not flawless, but like solid designed portable console and the game catalog was great. I mean, some of my favorite titles to this day, like the Mario Kart installment for DS was one of the best in the franchise to me. Um, that's where I think it really starts to get good is in the Mario Kart DS and uh, Double Dash on the GameCube. Uh, and I know that a lot of people like the purists from like the Super Nintendo and N64 era will, will dispute that. I didn't find the older versions fun because they were just too fucking hard to control. Uh, I did, however, recently win like probably my first ever round at Cart 64, uh, and I didn't press my luck. I walked away after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's good. But yeah, like I just I, I really loved that custom Robo Arena. Um, you know, then like kind of taking a step back to like the Game Boy Advance era, like Golden Sun, the Castlevania games that, that kicked off in that franchise with Circle of the Moon and whatnot. Like really great catalogs there from from Nintendo. So uh, I'm excited to see how that continues to grow for the the Switch Online subscription. 
I'm I'm a big fan. Yeah. Uh I uh I hope that it um I hope that more games come because I I loved my Game Boy. My Game Boy was like I probably played it more than my actual Nintendo consoles mm-hmm. because which is easy. I could take it to school with me, you know, I could take it places. Uh, you know, I used to take it to work and play during my lunch breaks and stuff like that way back when I worked at Ames, oh, the department shit. store. Shit, yeah. Yeah, this is two thousand ninety-nine to two thousand one. Uh, yeah, it was I, good times. I still remember the day I bought my GBA, uh, because I went to the little like used game store that was in the, the mall that I worked in, uh, with the intent to actually just buy myself a Game Boy. I'm like, fuck it, I'm getting like a an original or like a pocket, just like, you know, something to play original Game Boy games. And then I was like, well, the color has a, you know, has a, a really interesting catalog of games and is backward compatible. So I might as well get that. And then I think the clever uh, person working me on the counter was like, well, you know, the Game Boy Advance is backward compatible with all of them. I was like, fuck you. Give me that in Castlevania. <laughs> and that was probably one of the best things you ever bought in your life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was a great day. And like that game was hard as shit. And I, I never quite beat it. I like, I could never beat the final like form of Dracula. But I got so close and I like, I beat myself up about that to this day until like very recently I was watching a review of that game and like someone explained like, no, this was just unreasonably hard. I was like, okay, I don't feel so bad now. It was just really hard. But like the whole system leading up to that, the weird, like I didn't even think about how like truly Castlevania this was that like, it was a, a really like weird and unintuitive system of combining cards to have extra powers, but they didn't explain any of it, which is just so true to the castlevania franchise like simon's quest super fun game but there's so much shit that you just have to figure out like that is no indication that you have to like kneel at this one place for a certain amount of time to get caught away in a a tornado like this is why you bought the strategy guy this is like i i was just watching a it was the toy galaxy youtube channel did a whole thing about the the rise and fall of nintendo power uh, yeah, like I had a subscription to Nintendo Power from like almost the first issue up until it. Uh, I would say close to the time when it shut down. And you know, it was Nintendo Power that got me back into it because I I was you know shelving the magazine straight in the magazine section at the Porters that I worked at, and yeah. I you know, picked up and it was like, oh shit, there's a new Castlevania game. Oh, this Game Boy Advance system looks real fucking good. Uh, I should I should go get a Game Boy. <laughs> so like, it all ties together, man. <laughs> that's amazing um so there's a brand new show on amazon prime that i just started watching i'm only a couple episodes in go on it's called swarm and this was uh written by uh donald glover and i think his brother Stephen glover i feel like we lingered on that for a moment uh recently so you should absolutely watch it. Um, it it uh, has Billie Eilish in it, but I haven't gotten to her part, but apparently she's super creepy and I'm excited. And it's also, lo- there's a character loosely based off Beyonce. Yeah. Which is like the driving force of, of the show. Yeah. So is it like, is it horror? The trailer makes it look <sighs> like it is towing the line of like thriller and horror, but like, it it is really hard to to tell what it's actually about because we did see a, a trailer for it when we were poking around on on Prime, and it looked interesting, but I couldn't tell enough about it. I I wouldn't okay again only two episodes in because um, I just started watching it today. I wouldn't categorize it as horror 
because I've only watched two episodes yet. So as of two episodes in, I would not categorize it as horror. Uh, it is bonkers, mm. um, but there's no like horror elements to it. Like there's not really scary moments or anything. Okay. Um, there are like intense moments. Uh, the main character, her name is Dre. She's played by Dominique Fishback, who is wonderful in mm. this. She is she is absolutely unhinged in this, <laughs> and I love it. She's also another character. So we had talked about this with the um, uh, with the movie that we're coming up to watch. Uh, I had a bloody good time at House Harker. That's yeah. going to be our our last movie of the Dracula month uh, coming up. But we talked about that. There's a character who's coded as neurodivergent. Mm-hmm. Uh, her character definitely feels that way. Nobody's okay. said it, but it definitely feels like she's coded that way. Interesting. Um, because her emotions are incorrect for whatever situation she's in. She has the wrong emotions. So at first I was like, Neat. at first I was like, she's very neurodivergent. But as like episode two happens, I'm like, maybe she's a sociopath. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know which, but it kind of feels more towards neurodivergent than anything else. Um, but we'll see as the rest of the series goes on. I, I mean, so far, I mean, the show's great. You know, it's got a lot of really great people in it. Uh, Chloe Bailey um, plays uh, Marissa. She's the main uh, the main character's sister. Um, we've got, you know, a couple other people that she's come across. I mean, it's very, it's mostly just about Dre, right? And apparently Billie Eilish plays Eve, uh, Eva, who is the head of a sec, uh, like a, a Nexum uh, sex cult. Huh. Yeah, so that's going to be pretty interesting when I get to her episode, because apparently she's really freaking creepy. Uh, fun back for any fans of Dominique Fishback. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day we release it, Thursday the, the 23rd, yesterday was her uh, 32nd birthday. What do you know? Happy Look birthday, Dominique Fishback. Oh, yeah, I, I did notice that she was born in 91. She's 10 years younger than us. 10 years younger than us. Yeah, March 22nd. So happy birthday. That's that's nice. yeah. Your series is great and bonkers. Now, so that being said, I've never watched Atlanta, which is another Donald Glover thing. And I hear Atlanta's really weird because there's very weird things that happen. Yes. So I'm guessing it falls in line because really weird things happen. Like you constantly hear swarming of bees, but like... So no bees. It's I, uh, it's funny that you mentioned specifically that uh, Donald Glover was involved in the, the writing of Swarm because uh, we made that connection in watching the trailer that like the energy is a lot like so season one and two of Atlanta are kind of very like there's a mix of like comedic like really good comedy moments and like really serious drama and it. it it feels you know, very like kind of slice of life. Season three, they're in Amsterdam and shit gets really fucking weird. Uh, to like, you know, we, you know, the first couple of seasons, we kind of binged our way through. The third season, we watched one episode and we're like, maybe that's <laughs> enough for today. And like, it just keeps going. Uh, so it actually makes a lot of sense that Donald would then go on to write another. Uh, create show, and write. Create and write another show. Uh, yeah, he created Atlanta. Um, that has that kind of like thriller, like intense, like maybe not scary, but like really unsettling energy. It's very unsettling. Yeah. So there's there's uh, some, you know, aside from the swarm, the the bees, you know, what's why I called swarm, um, the bee noises uh, that when she's like kind of losing it, there's this other little noise. It's a very small like noise and that is uh every time that something like tips her off or like triggers her oh and she doesn't really react crazy about it you know she doesn't like go well she just kind of like 
changes, like tilts your head and looks like, and you just feel like as soon as that noise hits, you're like, oh, that guy, <laughs> you know, like it is, it is like your indicator that like, nope, you just said the wrong thing. You're going to die. Oh, shit. Uh, it is, it is really, I'm really, really loving the series. Uh, I'm very excited to finish it this week um, because it is, uh, it is really cool. It is a really cool series. How would uh, Kiersey Clemens, who was in one of, uh, one of my favorite movies of the last decade, Dope. Uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic in that film. Uh, yeah, I should, I, we should, we should probably give this, uh, this show a try. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of, of other shows, so Netflix just debuted, uh, a week ago, season two of shadows, shadow and bone. You're a liar. Which I, I, I would like to say I am, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, or at least not about this, not about this. Um, I really liked Shadow and Bone 1. There was a lot of shows that came out around the time that Shadow and Bone did. Um, you know, there was like The Wheel of Time, mm -hmm. you know, and like a lot of shows very similar happened around this time. It's true. And Shadow and Bone was the only one, it's based off a book series, and Shadow and Bone is the only one that I watched that I was like, I could get into this show. So naturally, I assumed Netflix was going to cancel it. <laughs> um, and I was like, such a shame because I really, I really dig the, the way this is going. So yeah. it's like, it's a world where some people... Grisha are born with special powers, but there's okay. only like four special powers. You're either what's called a heart render, where you can adjust the blood flow in somebody's body. Oh. You're uh, what's called a tailor, which is basically a healer. You okay. can heal people's wounds, you I know, like to it. a degree. You can't like regrow limbs or anything, but you can heal people's wounds um, and stuff like that. There is a durast, um, who, or I'm probably saying that wrong, wrong, um, but durasts are like, uh, magical mechanics. They okay. can kind of like control things. Like one of uh, one of the the main characters is addressed, and he he controls his bullets and his gun. Oh. So he basically is like a, a phenomenal um, uh, marksman. Like he can shoot around corners and stuff like that. And he can like fix. He fixes like a piano wire that breaks like just with his hands because he can kind of like create and control metal and stuff like that. Um, and then there are uh, the wind people, which I don't uh, I don't remember what their name are, but basically they can create wind. Huh. Um, yeah, so it's really cool, but but it all revolves around one two special Grisha. So there's the one who is uh, this this uh, general Kurigan. He is uh, uh, head of this army, the Grisha army, um, which is under falls under the king and all that stuff. But he can create shadows. Uh, shadow and bone makes sense um he can create shadows and he uh he's an immortal being and thousands of years ago he created what's called the rift um so basically what he did was he you know they killed his love and he freaked out and exploded black shadows and it created a gigantic wall that Ooh. cut the country in two yeah. um and inside of it any anything that was any human that was trapped inside of it, or any animal for that matter turned into these creatures these like gargoyle-esque creatures but they can only live in the rift oh. so you can't you can either go around the rift which takes like years to go around because it's on the complete uh, you know it literally stretches this entire country yeah um or you can go through the rift and risk you know being attacked by these creatures um and very few people go through the rift it's a really big deal um but then we find out that our other main character is called the sun summoner Ooh. and she can create pure light and she is able to destroy the rift, but That's, she's got to collect these artifacts to, uh, artifacts to amplify her power. That sounds like a very handy power to have. 
It did come in handy. Yeah. But she, so she like, uh, everybody gets tested when they're a kid to see if they're Grisha and she maneuvered her way around getting tested. So she never did. So she never knew that she was the sun summoner and then finds out that she is. And she's like, oh, great. So all of first season was us discovering all of this stuff. But then we learned the shadow guy, surprise, is evil. And he doesn't want to destroy the rift. He wants to use the rift to control people and make Grisha, like, be the dominant species and, like, subjugate humans. You know, very Magneto uh, energy. Yeah. Um, and now season two, she kind of fell for this, right? And then at the very last episode, she's like, wait, you're kind of bad. And explodes light and, you know, thought she kills him and fucks out of there. Uh, but now season two, we're picking up on, like, she's like, no, I've got to destroy the rift. I got to collect these amplifiers from these mythical creatures in order to um, amplify my power enough that I can destroy the rift. And that's where we are in this season. I, there's, not only is there great diversity in the show, there's diversity in both race and sexuality. In fact, it's very fluid uh, for most people. Nice. Um, you know, the main character is is Asian. You know, like uh, the one of the other main characters is is black. Uh, there's uh, another one that's Indian. She was actually uh, she played one of the Indian twins in Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, All and right. she's awesome in it. She's super awesome. Her name is Inej. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters. This is just, um, like, we've talked about this before, but, like, this is a really good time for fantasy. Even if not everything hits uh, as well as you want. Like, you know, we disagreed about uh, about Willow, and, and, like, I can't remember if you watched Wheel of Time. I loved Wheel of Time. I loved Wheel of Time, um, yeah. I, you know, fucking hated Game of Thrones. Loved Wheel of Time. Loved Willow, but, like, whether you like an individual series or film uh, or not, like this is a really good time for fantasy on television. And like, that's exciting. Well, you actually have options now, instead of being like the only fantasy thing around is Lord of the Rings. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you get into really obscure literature, yeah. you know, or, or into the very popular fantasy, you know, books that are out there, but it's like, that was it. Right. You know, like 20 years ago, you know, or, or say whenever Lord of the Rings came out, you know, it, it was like, that was it. That mm -hmm. was your only choice for fantasy movies that were good, yeah. right? Because otherwise you've got the, like, the shitty sword and sorcery movies, of which we've done dozens on this, uh, or, like, the, like, really childish shit like the Harry Potter. Uh, and don't, don't come at me, Harry Potter fans. I have my reasons. Um, but, yeah, like, this this is a really, really good time. And that that makes my heart happy. And uh, I, I hope I get a chance to watch this show sometime. You absolutely should. It's it's great. And it's on Netflix. Totally worth the binge just because all the it's the characters that really make it. Like, the overarching plot, I'm like... Cool. I hope they do that. Show Inej more. Yes. <laughs> like, I want to see her kick people's ass more. Please, Hell yes. Please just show that. <laughs> Jesper is also, Jesper is the guy who can control the bullets and stuff like that. He's just cool and sexy and fun. And I just, I'm like, just put him on screen a lot. He's really cool and he's very funny and he's just all suave. And I'm like, I want that. Give me more of this. Give me more of these guys. And they do. And I love it. I would be one of the, well, I would want to be one of the tailors. I want to be able to heal. That's, yeah, that's, I mean that's the role that I was. Picking I was gonna say in that's, video that's your go-to. Yeah, your MMO character. If I can be a healer, I am a healer. Um, so we had a, we had ourselves a, a movie night 
the other night, uh, cool. kind of unplanned. Okay. It was just like, you know, like things have been kind of rough lately. I was like, let's just disconnect. Let's watch a you know, stupid movie. Uh, if you remember a few years back when I said I was going to try to commit to doing that weekly, watch a movie that isn't involved in this podcast, I haven't followed through with that. But that is specifically relevant because we watched the film from 2022, Spin Me Round. And the reason uh, I, I say it's relevant is because one of the uh, characters in, in this film was played by Ben Sinclair, who was in Save Yourselves, the movie that kicked off that that idea for me. Oh yeah, I've seen the the poster for this. Who who are the main characters in that movie? It is Alison Brie. That's what it was. Uh, yep. Starring alongside Aubrey Plaza, uh, who, if you ask me, was fantastic as always, but wildly underutilized. Uh, Molly Shannon, Tim Heidecker, uh, and. Um, uh, Fred Armisen is also in. So like, that's kind of the bigger name town. There are other people that you're like, I, I know this person, don't I? Uh, and you're probably right. You probably do, but like, uh, lesser known, uh, Zach Woods is another, uh, very, very noticeable person. He was Jared in Silicon Valley. Uh, he's fantastic in it. Uh, really goofy little kind of like rum, rum come mystery thriller, uh, sort of thing. Uh, the <clears throat> main character played by Alison Brie, Amber, she works at a chain restaurant, a chain Italian restaurant, the Tuscan Grove, which is a very, very obvious riff on Olive Garden in every way. And she, uh, her manager enters her into this contest to go do a, like a nine day, uh, managerial training on site at this Tuscan villa in Italy that the company owns. Uh, and, hilarity ensues uh and so it's 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 a fun i don't i don't want to tell too much more beyond that because it too easily to dive into like what's going to be a spoiler for this plot or not uh know that it is just absolutely bonkers uh and at any moment whatever you think is going to happen is probably not <laughs> so <laughs> definitely recommend we, it was on uh, it was on hulu uh, th- that's the one where the poster is like one of those old Fabio romance Absolutely, novels, where she's yeah. like in the arms of some like oiled up, you know, buff Italian guy. Yep. Yep. hundred yeah, percent. Fantastic. I do remember coming across that being like, Ooh, I should watch that. Um, I ended up watching the other Alison Brie movie, uh, that I talked about a few episodes ago, uh, on the show. Uh, I talked about wanting to watch it and it did end up in a way that was really surprising to me. And I really appreciated it. It's one of those rom-coms where it ends, not a rom-com and i liked that mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't romance horror but also like totally not getting the fan for fair that it should and then i need to to get around to watching uh she plays uh, one of the voices in moon girl and devil dinosaur uh i did not notice that animated series on disney plus from from the marvel universe uh yeah. which i you can ask ellen i literally squeed out loud with joy and excitement when i saw that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur was available to watch. It, it's fun. Uh, Juniper and I watched the first episode, which, uh, be prepared, the first episode's an hour long, but yes. every episode after that is like 22 minutes. Um, it, we had to watch it in two bits because Juniper was like, I can't. She was like, I gotta I got take a break or something. That's fair. Um, and so we we watched it in, in uh, two, two days. Um, but it was fun. It's super cute. The show's really cute. Uh, her character's really great. The dinosaur's really great. Really enjoyed the first episode, and I'm sure the rest of the series is pretty good, too. It is wild to think about how, like, you can watch half a dozen, like, 20 to 30-minute episodes in a row, but, like, one hour-long episode is like, ah, this feels like too much. <laughs> right. It and, is like, weird. It, it makes no sense, but, like, brains are weird, man. Yeah, they really are. 
speaking of weird brains, so again, our uh, brand new episode, the last of our month of March, celebrating our five year anniversary, covering Dracula adjacent films. Uh, we are covering I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker, which is currently available streaming on 2B TV in America as of time of recording this podcast. So if you're the type of person that watches the movies before we review them, that's where you can go find it to give it a watch. Uh, you know, listen to our thoughts on it this coming Sunday, which the best way to do that, hit subscribe. Hey, if you're on YouTube, hit subscribe to our YouTube channel, but then head over to your podcast player of choice and uh, look us up and subscribe to us there. There is a link down below. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, we would super appreciate it. And of course, if you're able to on YouTube, comment, like, share the whole deal. And if you're over on uh, your podcast player of choice, leave a five star and a review. That's super. All of those things are super helpful for us. Free things you can do to help us grow and get more cool listeners so we can get more listener requests. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there it is, everyone. Thanks a lot for joining us. We super appreciate it. And we will see you on Sunday. Finger guns.